and I'm recording too. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Wiry Drink. I'm joined um, in my imagination by Mike Your on my left and Art, who's naked with no clothes, on my right. Hello, gentlemen. How are you uh, doing? I'm, a f- uh, I'm officially the ghost of Christmas past, and Mike is the ghost of Christmas uh, present, and you, Roy, will always be the ghost of Christmas future. Oh, Art, I wish I was there to slap you. Oh, man, I miss you. Uh, In your dreams. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different story. Uh, and so, uh, before we started recording, Mike was telling us that he saw one flew over the cuckoo's <clears throat> nest. Uh, what do you think? I, I, I remember, I saw it, oh God, how do I say it? I saw it years ago in its entirety, and then since then I've seen it in fragments. But I thought it was okay, but it's not a movie I need to revisit. I was like, okay, I saw it. It was good. I don't need to revisit it again. Um, but I Mike, did. you saw it for the first um, time. I did see it for what the first time. I don't like, so let me repeat a couple things. Um, first of all, I don't like Jack Nicholson. I don't like him because he doesn't really have much of a range. You know, like he, he can't play. He, not even the Joker? There were, scenes, there were scenes in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where it was just him as the Joker. He he like starts to laugh. He has a maniacal look. He looks down his nose. Uh, he, he does these mannerisms that are just Jack Nicholson in every role. He doesn't play. He can't play like an Elizabethan king or something. You know, he can't. He can't fi- pull himself out of him his own ass, his head out of his own ass, and be somebody else. Like there are certain actors that can do that, right? Some actors you don't even recognize because of. Yeah. You know, they change their look, their mannerisms, their accents, and they become the other character. Nicholson's not like that. He's not a great actor that can portray other things, other people. So I never, I never like seeing him in films. Mm-hmm. Also, he got so popular that the films he was in glorified his assholeness, you know, like as good as it gets, or uh, <laughs> even like. Oh, um. Oh yeah, that's right. Is that the yeah, one yeah. with that girl from Mad About You? No, yeah, oh, he yeah. was so a anyways, I just don't like <clears throat> seeing him. I don't like him in movies. He irritates me. Um, but I gave it a go because because uh, Nikki was like, "Hey, let's watch this movie. It's one of my favorites." It's like, all right. Now a little background on Nikki. She doesn't like certain movies. She doesn't like certain actors. She doesn't like Mel Gibson or uh, Tom Cruise. She won't watch movies with them in it because they, they irritate her. But I was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to rise above that, and I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot. Also, she doesn't like movies where, with animals, where dogs are like like have voices, and she doesn't like um, <laughs> she doesn't like movies <laughs> where, uh, where horror God movies. She, she won't watch a, a horror movie. And that that's a short last library right. movie watching. So anyway, um, so we watch this movie, uh, yes. and I'll give you the I'll give you the plot points. Uh, so, spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and you and you want to you know, zone out, because I'm about to tell you what happens. If you haven't seen it by now, the movie's That's, forty. Well, what, I got to give him. I have to give him a sakes. warning. So, spoiler alert. <clears throat> okay, so it's it's about Jack Nicholson. He's a kind of a rough ruffian. He's a little bit of a bully and an asshole, and he he winds up being evaluated at a mental hospital uh, for. Just for beating people up, I think he was uh, he was in, he comes in to the 
the, the scene in handcuffs. He he they take off his handcuffs and he does his Jack Nicholson. Bah, and he's laughing and he's doing the Joker. And then um he while he's in the mental institution, he starts making fun of the the other people there like he he walks up to a guy who's an Indian, who's really tall, and he looks up at him and he's like, "Well, you're tall." And he's like, "You mm-hmm. can't talk to that guy. He's deaf and dumb." And so he's like, he doesn't hear a thing I'm saying. So he walks over to him and he starts making these racial um, uh, mannerisms. Like he goes, and how, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's generally being a dick. He's being Jack Nicholson. And um, as the movie progresses, um, he's being evaluated. But he's kind of like the rebel, the smart aleck. And he starts to mouth off to this nurse, Nurse Ratchet, who is clearly in charge of the place. And she has yeah. her own TV series now, Nurse Ratchet. I don't know why, but that no Pass. one asked for, but there it is. Hmm. So, um, it becomes like a remember, remember that movie, uh, what was it called? The Dream Team? Uh, the Dream Team. It stars Michael Keaton. No. And which, Christopher Lloyd, one? and the guy who plays Flounder in Animal House. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, they fought, they played five mental institute uh, uh, guys who are out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christopher Lloyd was. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. As to what the name of the movie was, I can't remember, but it was. A it was the Dream Team. Time yeah. ago. Like, it was the Dream Team. Like oh, yeah, I just the said. The Dream Team. That was the name of it. Yes, the Dream Team. Yes. <laughs> No, I just suddenly realized which not, one you're not talking based about. On yeah. My words. So, anyways, um, this act two of this movie <laughs> is basically the dream team. Um, uh, Nicholson takes all of the other patients out for a fishing trip. You know, he gets them to drink and do you know fun stuff, and then they go back and ha, huh, he's you know he's taught them a life lesson that they can be normal for a little while. And then act three, he's trying to escape, but every time he tries to escape, he just doesn't escape. Right, he just he's he's about to, but then suddenly he falls asleep or some stupid shit, and then um, in the final scene, uh, the the nurse ratchet is um, is bullying one of the other inmates, and as a result, the inmate commits suicide. So in a rage, uh, Nicholson chokes her like he's trying to kill her, and so they they put him out, and then they lobotomize him, and he comes back and he's a vegetable, and the Indian guy. Uh, kills him. He murders him with a pillow. Then the then the Indian guy just smashes a window and yep. leaves. <laughs> He's like, "See ya." So the end. Credits roll. That's it, right? <laughs> so the you know credits roll and uh, hit pause and she turns and she's like, "Hey, uh, what did you think?" And I was like, "You know how you don't like horror movies?" And she's like, "Yeah." It's like, well, this was like a horror movie to me. It's like you, you, you know that there are certain genres, comedies and dramas and horror movies. Horror movies are well respected. They've out, they've lasted this long. They're popular. There are certain people that like them, and you respect those people. You're like, you enjoy horror movies. I have to respect that you like them. That doesn't mean I have to like them, but you like them, and I respect that. And to me, this was like a horror movie. It's like some people like movies where 
at the end, you know, the good guy dies and it's like, oh, that was so ironic. And oh, I learned a life lesson and I learned something about mental illness and I learned about bullies and I learned all this stuff. And But it still made you feel bad because it's a tragedy. And that's part of a genre like like Shakespeare or uh, being John Malkovich, where at the end it doesn't work out. Or what was that other movie? Sucker Punch. Remember that movie? Oh, was that uh-huh. the... Um, yes. Yeah. Um, what? Adam Sandler. Sex. Adam right, Sandler. Right. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Adam Sex. Did Steiner, you say yeah. Adam Sandler? No, what Sucker you Punch. You said Sucker Punch. He said Adam Sandler because he's confusing Sucker Punch with... Uh, oh, no, no, punch, no. Uh, punch Sucker love. Punch was about, oh. was about like a bunch no, of no, girls yeah. in a mental institution, but to escape... Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so right. So at the that, end of that yeah, film, uh, the main character gets lobotomized. I'm glad. I'm glad you recall everything Damn. I said based on my words. Callback. <laughs> Damn! I know you didn't wash your ass today. Could, but you so digress. there are movies like that that other people enjoy, and you kind of have to appreciate that, that that they enjoy those movies. It makes them feel bad for a little while, and it teaches them something about you know irony or whatever. And I'm not one of those people. I don't like movies that end on a sour note, where you know the cause you've been uh, rooting for is subverted and then you the, the good guy loses and it's the end i, I mean I, I appreciate that that's a, a type of movie that's enjoyed i appreciate that the i mean like i said shakespeare is 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 just timeless based on those types of stories where at the end tragedy occurs you know i, I just don't necessarily like mm-hmm. them but that being said, the acting was phenomenal. Everybody in that thing was great. Um, it, it It's a long form of storytelling, kind of like um, – mm-hmm. uh, what was that movie with uh, with Kevin Costner? And he was like in the world – the Civil War or something and, and then he he was an Indian – like Dances with Wolves. Like, like, like Dances with Wolves oh, yes, was yes. one of those where it just takes its time and you like see the scenery – and like a, a, the, the dialogue is like stretched out and long, but it works. You know, it works for that movie. Th- th- this movie was like that too. So I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't like the movie. You, Does that make sense? You know what I, I love? The, that my favorite best best acting I've seen of Nicholson from that movie was the baseball scene when Ratchet went and let them watch the baseball game. So he like <clears throat> just played the whole game. As right. if it were actually happened, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder if that was in the script or he just ad libbed that. Because if he ad libbed it, he's a really good fucking actor, Jack Nicholson. I could see why he won. Well, I could tell you that that was a, an invention of the of the movie because I read the book and I don't remember that being in the book at all. So it must have been an invention of the movie, whether it was part of the script or if it was improvised on the set. I don't know, but it came out brilliantly. Wow. That's good acting and good direction to let an actor just take it away like that. Just, you know, go for it and trust your actors. Mm. I'm going to bet really that good. he that was scripted. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm going to bet. Because I don't mm-hmm. think Nicholson's that good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. Before we jump... Before we jump into our review of Wonder Woman 84, will you guys hold my hand as we take a trip down memory lane? 
All right. Okay, so the top songs in 1984, for you younglings listening to this, this is how it was when we were growing up and where we were listening to and watching and what was going on in the world at the time. The songs uh, in 1984, When Doves Cry, Prince, uh, When Doves, <laughs> Jump by Van Halen, Might as well jump off balance and land on my head. What's Love Got to Do With It, Got to Do, Got to Do With It by Tina Turner. I Could Dream About You, Dan Hartman. Remember, uh, that was um, Rings of Fire? No. What no, Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. Streets that was of, a good movie. Streets of Fire. That was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Relax, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, people Are People, Depeche Mode. The Killing wow, really? Moon. Yeah, The Killing mm-hmm. Moon. Echo and the Bunnymen. That's a good song. The Ghost that in You. That is the best song. Psychedelic oh, man. First. Psychedelic First. Yeah. The Ghost in You. Original Sin in Excess. That's a good song. And uh, Cool It Now by New Edition. Cool It Now. You got to cool it now, motherfucker. What? There were no new other songs uh, on that list? No, no doubt. I'm sure there were, but um, from the top ten. Because there's always a new oh, order yeah. song in 80s films. And let's see. Movies. Beverly Hills Cop. I remember I cut my sleeves like Axel Foley to the elbow when I saw that. Yeah, I remember that too. Ghostbusters. I never cared for that movie. I never thought really? it was funny. I never thought that movie was funny. Huh. Uh, that movie... But- you know what that movie to me was like mm-hmm. a cartoon? What? It was like a cartoon. It was like watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's fun, but it's not right. like meat and potatoes. Right? Uh, Gremlins? I've never seen Gremlins. Uh, Romancing the Bone? The Stone? That was the with original. Kirk Douglas and... was it? Kathleen Turner? Kathleen yeah. Turner and uh, Danny DeVito. Ah, Romancing the Stone? Danny DeVito's in Romancing the Stone? He sure is. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I told you. The Karate Kid. Karate. That was a good it's movie. pronounced karate, karate. Jerry. Karate, Jerry. That was a good movie. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The best summer that. movie that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that where they whole started the whole rating thing because of that movie? They, they sure yeah. did. <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, NC-13. Uh, Top Secret? That was funny. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't really explain that movie to anybody, by the way. No. <laughs> um, Splash? I remember parts of that movie. That and, was a sweet uh, movie. It was what? Uh, I, have to, I have to say that Splash is an example of a Hallmark movie before there were Hallmark movies. What do you mean, like the... Romance of it or something? Boy it, Meets Girl it, bullshit? It, what a week exactly. I'm having. Mm-hmm. Huh. That was John Candy was in that too, right? Sure was. Yeah. Uh, Footless or Footloose. Uh, that movie was okay. And uh, let's see. TV shows. Miami Vice. I remember when people were wearing this, those goddamn t-shirts. Flintstones Vice. Miami Mice. Oh, fucking idiot. It's fucking 84. Uh, who's the boss? Airwolf. That was the first season. Was that the first season for uh, uh, Who's the Boss? I don't know. But I, okay, I thought, Airwolf. I, I know. I remember I thought, Airwolf. Yeah. Oh, I never. I never liked that show. Never liked Murder. She wrote. Ugh. Oh, uh, Volt- Voltron. Uh, 
He-Man and the Masturbators of the Universe, mm-hmm. uh, The Cosby Show, Watch Your Drink, Family Ties, and The A-Team. We're the A-Team, Murdoch and Faze. Um, the top... Hang on, everybody, Mike makes a drink. Okay. Top news. Uh, Indira Gandhi assassinated. The Apple Macintosh commercial. Uh, a new house would cost you $86,730. A movie ticket costs you $2.50. And a gallon of gas is $1.10. <laughs> So 1984. 1984. All right. That was the year that I. uh, That was the year that I started high school. In 84, fuck, goddamn. Yeah. I was. uh, I literally was having a boner every day because all (laughs) all of the girls there. And it was an all boys. Oh. (laughs) All boys school. Yeah. That was an all boys school. No, I'm serious. If you think about it, if I, in 1984 when I first got into uh, uh, high school, I had just uh-huh. started to hit the puberty. The puberty button had just had just started, and uh-huh. all of these girls were constantly, and I mean constantly, wearing like they, they were, they, you know, like they were showing off their legs. They were showing off, you know, cleavage. They were like <laughs> they would wear. They would wear mini skirts and tight corduroids. I remember that, yeah. Oh, man, those girls had nice, man, damn, nice little bodies on them back then. Also, a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of them were emulating Madonna, which I think came out around that time as well. And Madonna oh, yeah. was literally kicking, kicking the, uh, the whole aspect of like looking sexy. Not only that, but uh, Cindy Crawford did the exact same thing. Like every time that you bought a magazine, you saw Cindy Crawford on the cover or on the pages of it, and you just, you know, girls wanted to emulate that. And Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Cindy Lauper wasn't particularly sexy. She was just wild and crazy. Oh, I but know. I didn't ever, I never found her really particularly sexy. <laughs> I hated that song. I was like, God damn it, not again. Fuck this song. <laughs> Right. And now, another thing I was like, good. She had a better song. She had She Bop. I like that one. Hey, what did you think of Rebecca De Mornay? Wait, what? Rebecca De Mornay. What did you think of her? Rebecca De Mornay. Uh, risky business. Oh, she's okay. She's cute. I really? Do... Just okay? Yeah, I didn't do dick flips for her, but she, yeah, she's okay. Wow. Mm. All right, here we go. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. Uh, Mike, you want to start off for art? Well, it will um, well, I mean, you, do you want my overall uh, impressions, or do you want my review? Sure, whatever you... Uh, start. I don't know. Wherever you want to start. Because, well, uh, well. Actually, actually, right. I, I want, really, you... I really wanted to ask this of uh, Mike since he was talking about how he had just seen uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So you just saw one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which you said surprisingly to me. You said I liked it, and then you went from watching that movie to watching Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I think. No, no, no. I, I went. 
I watched the first Wonder Woman, and then I watched 84 Today. Oh, okay. So what eventually happened? Was there a change and shift in your opinions as to whether or not you liked it? Yeah, whether I liked uh, uh, Cuckoo's Nest or 84? In 1984. Oh, no, I never liked 1984. Wow. There was no shift because I, I didn't like it to begin with. But let me give you – I'll tell you what I liked about it. I'll tell you what. Let let me tell you what I liked about it, and then I'll tell you what okay. I didn't like about it. All right. So the first thing I liked about it was the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I really liked that little uh, Amazonian Olympics thing with the little girl. I liked how um, she didn't win because she was cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I just liked that sequence a lot. I liked the acrobatics. I like the idea that after the first Wonder Woman, she wanted to be, uh, you know, the, the best she could be. She wanted to be a warrior. And the mom kept saying, no, no, you can't be a warrior. And then what's her name? Sean Penn's wife was like, no, no, she can be a warrior. And then she, she starts training her in secret and the mom discovers it. And, and she says, uh, well, if you're going to train her, you know, train the fuck out of her. I want you to train her so well that she's better than you. And then in this movie, that, continues and i like i like that i like that it was still kind of familiar to me um what else did i like about it i did i kind of sort of bought the romance between chris pine like in captain america the first uh, avenger i didn't really buy the romance between him and uh, agent carter because it would never it was never really fleshed out <clears throat> at best, there was some flirting in the office, and then at the end, he gives him his life, and then she's like, mm, I miss him. But there was never really right. anything. But like in the I agree with you wholeheartedly. In, yeah, I saw the, that connection. I was like, you only know that person for a fucking week. They're, they're your everything? But at least in, in Wonder Woman, the first movie, there was a good established relationship between them. You know, they shared a night together. Um, she trusted him for a while. And then at the end, when like you don't hear his words, but like he's mouthing something, and then she she realizes what he says later, mm-hmm. like that scene sold me on their romance. So in this film, when she wishes, I don't know if I should explain this. So spoilers. Um, in this film, there's a magic rock, and if you touch it, you you could make a wish like the monkey's paw. And then if you whatever you wish for, you get, but there's some dire consequence to it. So she wishes Steve to come back. Hey, Mike, what is the monkey's paw? I vaguely know of it. Do you know the legend of it? Uh, actually, I got it right here. The monkey's paw is a short story by W.W. W. Jacobs. Uh, it was written in uh, 1902. Here we go. Um, ba, 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 ba. Three wishes are granted to the owners. Um, in the short, the short story involves Mr. and Mrs. White and their son, Herbert. Uh, Sergeant Major Morris, a friend who served in the British Army in India, comes by for dinner, introduces this paw, and a spell on the paw uh, makes it so that it grants three wishes but only with hellish consequences as a punishment for tampering with fate. Morris, having had a horrible experiment, experience using the paw, throws it in the fire, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He wishes for 200 bucks, which will enable him to make the final mortgage payment for his house. When he makes his wish, Mr. White suddenly drops the paw in surprise, claiming that it moved. It twisted like a snake. The next day, 
He leaves for work, and that night an employee arrives at White's house pronouncing that Herbert got killed in a horrible machine accident that mutilated his body. The company denies responsibility, but makes a payment to the family for 200 bucks. Hmm. Right. So, so that, for example, that's what happens when he makes a wish on the monkey. How did a, a monkey even have a magical paw like that? It's, and how did that person <sighs> find that they killed a monkey and then cut its arm off? How does that even happen? Was it a magical monkey? How does that? No, it was a, a spell cast on the paw. Oh, uh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, anyway, the the point is that this that's what this special rock right. did. That it gave you a wish, but with a dire consequence. Mm-hmm. So she wishes to see uh, Steve Rogers again. Steve, what's is that? Trevor. Oh, Steve. Trevor. Yeah. Trevor, right. And then, uh, and then he appears. And I thought that was kind of well done. I like that. That he wasn't Steve. He was still another dude, but it was, Steve was in the dude's body. But they never really fleshed out what the, like what the downside to that was. Like what what was her cost? I I don't I don't understand. Any, anyway, um, so she sees him. The, what it was, so back to the things I liked about the movie. Um, I liked their romance. I liked the interaction between them. I felt the chemistry. I I, I bought. She was it. wounded. Remember? It wasn't. She lost her power. She was losing her strength. See, I thought she lost her strength because of Kristen Wiig. Because Kristen Wiig's like, I want to be like her. So maybe half her strength went to Kristen Wiig. I don't know. No, no, it's because of Steve Trevor. And then remember she got shot and she had those wounds. Oh, yeah, I think that was, that was the trade-off. I don't know. At least in the monkey's paw, that you could tell that there was some connection between the wish and and, and the, the result, where this was kind of like, man, I don't get it. it it's still, okay, back to what I liked about it. So I liked Steve and and, uh, and Diana's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed the 80s. I don't know if it's a little bit saturated what with, like, Stranger Things. And uh, there seems to be kind of a trendy 80s mm-hmm. thing going on. But I, I, that's fine. I mean, it's all right. Um, uh, I like... I like Pedro Pascal. I don't know that I enjoyed his character. I want to say he was okay. That was, oh, I know. Here's what I here's what another thing I liked about it was that it was it was different. You know, like in all of these movies with Marvel, there's always like this huge monstrous CGI character that comes out at the end, and the the, the good guy has to fight the monster. And just, it's basically just who's stronger, mm-hmm. like who could punch harder. Mm-hmm. This wasn't necessarily like that. Pedro Pascal sort of didn't really get defeated. There was no major showdown between um, the Mandalorian and Wonder Woman. There was never any, you know, like I kind of liked that. It was different. He saw the error of his ways kind of thing. Whatever. I mean, but it wasn't like this big monster showdown where he became like this creature where she has to fight. Like in the first Wonder mm-hmm. Woman. He's like, mm, I am the god of war. Yeah. But, was that Steppenwolf? But those are that's, but those are the things I liked about mm-hmm. it. No, I don't. I don't think doesn't it in uh, Justice oh, right. League Steppenwolf that right, was just right. the god the god of uh, the god right. of war. Ares. Yeah, I forgot the one that was in Wonder Woman. What that guy was that villain was called? Ares. Hmm. Oh, Ares. Okay, okay. Anyway, that's what I liked about it. What about you guys? What did you like about uh, it? Art, you go. Uh, well, you see, I personally think that the movie itself was uh, a little bit of a letdown. Not only was it a little bit of a letdown, I think that it was so detached from the first movie that I almost feel like it that 
that it's totally different people that are responsible for this movie, even though it's made by the same people who made the first movie. So let me put it to you like this. So the first Wonder Woman movie was actually so good, I admired it on the merit that even though it was exactly like um, the Captain America movie, it was set uh, in a war era. It was war- set in World War One. It literally followed the same steps where uh, um, uh, Wonder Woman has to leave her uh, home in order to be placed in an era in history that was familiar to history and then, in, in essence, had to go through the uh, level of being this powerful god in a war that was being fought by men and then having to defeat a war god that was responsible for the war that these men were fighting. Mm-hmm. So it was a great show. It was uh, directed by Patty Jenkins. Gail Godot was brilliant in the role as uh, Wonder Woman. It was extremely surprising because Chris Pines was a strong character as Trevor Rogers, at Roger Trevor, whatever his name is. Steve, and, uh, uh, Steve it, Trevor. It was <laughs> Steve Trevor. And it was, it, was, <laughs> it was wonderfully acted with really great supporting characters, really well-rounded uh, uh, figures. Mm-hmm. So then Wonder Woman 1984 comes along. And you literally say to yourself, this is going to be just as good as the first movie because none of the people that were uh, – it's the same people who made the first movie. They know what they're doing. They will be able to bring uh, a good story in the sequel. And instead, it was a very, in my opinion, saturated, very hokey movie. Uh, It sort of like stages 1984 with all of this kind of like – a nostalgia that's a little too heavy. You know, when you saw, let's say, and I'm going to use this as an example, when you saw the movie um, Back to the Future, it didn't constantly push down your throat the fact that this was 1955, you know? It just kind of like just says, okay, he's now in 1955, and he was going to start noticing all the things that made 1955 different from his era. So this movie... Wonder Woman 1984 says, okay, we're in 1984. And so they're just putting all of the shit in there that literally it's like we're throwing the decade right at your face. You see, look at the glow uh, closing. Look at the um, the arcade. Look at the video games. Look at the, uh, look at the shopping mall. Look at all of these weird people walking around in those weird outfits. It, this was 1984. Hey, don't you feel nostalgic? That's, that's the, and, and, and you're kind of like saying, ah, you guys are really, you know... It's it's a little too much. It really wasn't like that. Okay, fine. You know, uh, so then wait. A the, minute. This it, is what you liked about it. I'm sorry. I said this is what you liked about it. Like, what did you like about it? Oh, what I, what I didn't like is that it was a little too heavy for me. It was a little too syrupy. No, no, no. I mean, is there anything about it that you liked about it? Like, is there any any plus side to it? Uh, about them staging it in 1984. No, no, no. In general. So when I began, I was like, I was like, we could discuss all of the shit because we have a lot of shit to discuss. But like, the only is thing there anything I, you liked? Seriously, about it? the only thing that I liked about it was the fact was um was actually the very first, I say, what is it, five or ten minutes of the movie where young Wonder Woman is going through the uh through the race. That yeah, I set agree. up the movie. As a totally different movie for me. But then the minute that it jumped forward, uh, it, it felt like that whole sequence had nothing to do with the rest of the film. 
And I actually was thinking to myself, you know, there's going to be a payoff. I think there's going to be a payoff. I think there's going to be a payoff. <laughs> and I didn't feel that payoff at all. In fact, uh, Gail Godot didn't really act like Wonder Woman to me. It was as if they just told her, you know, let everything else do the work. You're just going to put on the costume and we'll make you do some magic lasso stuff and we'll give you a nice scene where you're like falling in love with someone or you're you're having finding love and then you have to question your vulnerability and then you're going to win at the end of the movie and it's kind of like yeah can you give her something more to do isn't she supposed to be wonder woman and she wasn't in my opinion like she wasn't even gail gadot was not even that good in this movie in fact she was downright terrible in my opinion I only I act I liked the little girl as Wonder Woman. I didn't like the rest of Wonder Woman. So <laughs> I feel like I I just want to sh- shelve that for a second. And Roy, was there anything you liked about uh, this movie? I think the only thing, and that's just a giveaway to what I thought of it. Uh, the only thing I liked about it is when everybody got their wish and all hell broke loose. And it showed the destruction, okay. the apocalypse. Like you know, I wish these people were never existed. I wish you were dead, and everything that happened as a result. And you know, like when you, you know, like I wish all these Irish, these immigrants would leave. And all of a sudden, they started arresting all the Irish. And you know, I wish everyone. I wish I was famous. And now, I wish every people are standing inside the window. Now she's freaked out. It's like be careful what you wish for, and and the repercussions of that. I thought that was really good. I, I like that scene. I like that tone. I like the darkness of it. I, I, I it was very, it was very nineteen for the whole postal apocalyptic, you know, with the organ, the ing, uh, yeah. So I like that. Um, what I didn't like about the movie, I think first and foremost was the music overpowered the the dialogue in the movie. You don't need this really? is bad music, or you don't need it here. Was, um... It pulled. Hans Zimmer, right? Oh, was that? Yeah, Hans Zimmer. That was Hans Zimmer, yes. Yeah, it pulled me out. You don't need to put the music through the whole freaking movie. Strategically place it, the the music. Um, So that bothered me. I liked the opening scene where her as a little girl training and um, and then the mother saying, you know, you can't, you have to be honorable, you can't. I thought she was being smart. Okay, I fell off the horse. What do I do to fix this? Okay, if I cut down here... And then I can meet up with my horse and jump back on it. What's the big freaking deal? Well, maybe it's just my lack of moral compass. And um, but where it pulled <laughs> me out was the opening after that, you know, and the people are walking down the street. Every mind that from then on, that movie became Superman three, with the <laughs> here I am walking. Oh no, here comes a car, and I'm roller, I'm like roller skating, and oh no, and here comes Wonder Woman, and. It's like what? Who's hey, let's hey guys, let's rob a mall. Let's rob this jewelry yeah, I store. Know. I'm like, yeah, what the hell then, is that? Like, like literally, they're like, uh, let's let's have her f- save people in a mall. Yeah, oh, geez, it's like, really? and how does she even know this? That there was something going down at the mall, and then it took a, it becomes campy, and I don't know if that's how they saw 1984 movies or if this was like, no, it wasn't. Based on any campy movies from 1984, this is clearly how we envision Diana. I was thinking, if that's how you envision her, you guys screwed up. Because there was that scene where the the one of the um, the guys who dangles the girl, the bank robber, the jewelry robbers, dangles the little girl over 
the railing. I'm yeah. thinking, okay, we went from campy to serious now. I don't mind. I, I like this, but make up your mind. What are we doing here? Are we campy yeah, funny? You, you, or are you going to drop actually, this little the, girl? The, the other thing that was kind of like stupid about that is that there's a moment where Wonder Woman turns to the little, to the little girl that she just saved, and the little girl kind of gives her a thumbs up. Oh, it's like, like, oh, jeez, oh, really? Yeah, it, it, that, that <laughs> happened, what, two, three times? It also reminded me of Aquaman. Remember where the people, oh, no, this giant building is going to fall on us. Like, get the fuck out of the way then. No, because if you do, Aquaman will have nothing to do in this scene. So Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> did that twice, I can remember, when the little kids were tra-la-la playing in the highway when all those car, that caravan of cars was coming down. Remember he went to um, Egypt? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and her and, yeah. and uh, Steve Trevor, they were fighting the guys on the road, and the kids like, like, la It's like, you see the yeah, cars like, coming. Not, not only that, but... But these little kids are right there. They're in the middle of the street, in the middle of the of the road. They're playing, <laughs> no, like, uh, and when when they have all this desert out, <laughs> into I know. Play. I'm like, God not, damn not only it. that, but but prior to them being in the in the on the road, there was like gunfire from the from the oh chase. Oh my Like gosh. literally, they were like shooting and blowing up things. You could hear it. You could literally hear it. You would be able to hear it from a while from miles away, and so they didn't. They didn't say, hey, we should stop and listen to what's going on because I think something's coming this way. And they, no, they did they, that they, art they because they had, a, they had to set up the, the whole character, the rescue thing, which was kind of, I thought was insulting. And to your point, Art, I'm not, I never thought Gal Gadot, I don't, she has no range. I don't find her to be a talented actress. Oh boy, here come the Twitter rants. I don't find her to be a talented actress. She is eye candy. You give her a few lines. Give her a strong supporting cast that can carry her, hence Chris Pine and Kristen Wiig, to carry her through the movie. And, you know, give her some lines to make her look like she's, like, very uh, 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 perplexed and thinking. And, and and then the Steve Trevor comes back and just, I was thinking, okay, what's going on here? I know she wished for it, but this isn't the Steve Trevor. Why have a guy who who's one guy... But she sees him, he's entirely different. Why not just bring back Steve Trevor? Because what, we can't bring back the dead? It's a wish thing. I, yeah, I, actually, I, if, he, if, if he came back as, as, as the actual being, but now alive and out of time and transported, physically transported to that era, then in that case, he doesn't belong. But yet, if they had done that, there could have been a payoff where they could have been like, well, guess what? You get to keep your wish, and he gets to remain alive. And now he is a man out of time, but now he is with Diana, and we now have that romance continuing on. But obviously, uh, that, yeah, that felt too forced. They kind of felt like that whole winter, that winter uh, first Avenger, where you had to force the romance. I thought the romance was forced. And it's like, what happens when a guy from 1940 ends up in 1984? <laughs> Is that art? Yeah. Is this what about these clothes? I mean, I clothes? can kind of see what, what they were doing. What about these clothes? I mean, there was like, come on. There was a um, there was a a bit of a role reversal there, because in the first film, it was the opposite. So you have Gal Gadot, you have Wonder Woman, and she lived on that island, Paradise Island, uh, and she didn't know anything about. Yeah, she didn't know anything about the world outside. So when Steve takes her and she he introduces her to London and mm-hmm. fashion, there was a charm to it. Like she she 
didn't un- she didn't know what a you know corset was, and she's like, "Well, is this how they protect their women in this time?" And he's like, "No, it's just so you cinch your waist and you know your belly doesn't show." And he's like, "Why would you need that?" And she's like, "Well, somebody without a belly would say that." But anyways, there was a charm to it, and I think what they were doing was role reversing. So now it's Steve's turn where he doesn't know what a trash can, and he's like, "Oh, this is art," and he's like, "No, that's a trash okay. can." Okay. So there was that. So there was that. I, I know what they were trying I to do. I think they do. did it better with Wonder Woman than they did with Wonder Woman 84. Right. Yes, I yeah. agree right. with that. Yes. I, I agree. But I but I do see what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do agree. I mean, there's a lot to not like about this mm-hmm. film. There's a lot where that you, that we can nitpick. There's a lot of things that didn't... Like, okay, first of all, let's start with the world building and the rules. If you have a movie about zombies... And you say, if somebody gets bit, they turn into a zombie. That's the rule. You have to shoot them in the head in order for them to die. That's a rule. So throughout the movie, that has to, you have to adhere to the rule or give a good reason why that didn't work this time. So if somebody gets bit and doesn't turn, they have an immunity. You've just created an addendum to the rule. That's part of the world building, right? Mm-hmm. So in this movie, you've got the monkey's paw, and you make a wish. Now, the rule is, if you make a wish, something bad happens. Um, if, if the guy's like, I want to become the monkey's paw, and then he becomes like the, the wish giver, and he's like, if you make a wish, no, I get something. I take something from you. So he goes to the president, and he's like, hey, make a wish. He's like, oh, I, wish we had, I wish for war. I want more nukes. He's like, he's like, wish granted, but in return, I want, and he's like, I want complete control of the government. So he gets it, right? There's an exchange, and there's a rule there. If you make a wish, you get something taken away from you. But, like, that rule kept getting fucked with. Like, like, all of, like one of the rules was you get one wish. Right? You don't get two. You get one. So, like, he goes to a guy, and he's like, hey, don't you wish I would be successful? And the guy's like, yeah, of course. He's like, wait a minute. Didn't I give you a wish yesterday? And he's like, yeah, I wished for a Porsche. He's like, fuck. So he has to go to another guy to find a wish, right? Because that guy already wasted his wish. But then all of a sudden, Kristen Wiig is like, yeah, I wish to be a cat. And then he goes, okay. Yeah. Even though you already had a wish, I'll give you a yeah. second wish. And they just broke the rule for no reason. So they fucked with the rule, the the world building is fucked with in this movie it doesn't make any sense like at some point he's he's like i'm gonna touch everybody in the world i'm gonna say make wishes and then he's like in return i fucking hate these nosebleeds if you guys make wishes i want all your health i'm gonna take all of your life force mm. and so all of a sudden like his eye bleeding his nose blood nosebleeds stop mm-hmm. but then everybody remains alive like didn't you just take their life force <laughs> why are you, why are they still alive so like the 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 rules are fucked with in the movie i didn't like that i, I feel like that's really bad storytelling and it's just a bad script mm-hmm. um i also don't like i didn't like the coincidences that happen like i don't like it when movies just make a coincidence that helps the plot for example. like she's like for example Kristen wig is walking down the street and she's just discovered she's got these superpowers. Mm-hmm. And then she just happens to find the guy who tried oh, to Oh, that's her in a right. Scene. Remember she was harassed the first time and one woman just happened to show up to the save her? Like, oh, 
What the fuck? You're asking a lot right? of me. Just co- or, or like at the end of the movie when Wonder Woman is just happens to be walking around on, down on the street or whatever, and everything is over. This is the conclusion of the film. And then just oh. the, the guy oh, who on the street, right. Trevor, like, just happens like, to show like, up. fuck you. Come on. Now you're just... <laughs> Like those coincidences piss me off. I hate when 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 scriptwriters do that. Yes. So other things that I didn't like about the film, I I didn't like um, the cat. Like suddenly she became a cat. What the fuck? <laughs> she just started. Like they needed Kristen Wiig needed to become like a CGI character so they could have that last uh, CGI fight. Uh, you know but that was completely it, unnecessary. Here's actually something that uh, I mean surprised me, but. After I saw the movie, I suddenly realized that Kristen Wiig as the character of Cheetah could have been taken out of this movie and had not been anything, uh, could not have been any kind of a part in this movie. But they did put her in there because they needed to give her like a nemesis to fight. And and yet it was, she was attacked on character. Uh, as if she didn't belong, they kind of they kind of says, well, you know, her 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 real enemy is the cheetah. We have to put her in this movie. Okay, uh, let's put her in that movie. And instead of making the sequel about her cheetah against Wonder Woman, they made it about this guy Max Lord who grants wishes. And it just seemed like, oh Jesus, really? Can you can you uh, if you're gonna do a better job of it, do a better job. But holy cow, please don't make me feel like one of the characters that is a draw to this movie not be something that I really appreciate at the end. And I, I didn't appreciate Kristen Wiig being Cheetah in this movie. Like, I didn't you know, think she was used at I all. I agree. They, I thought I, they could have taken her character completely out of the film. It would have been yeah. fine. Uh, wow. I, yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, the, I think the Cheetah character was actually originally in the comic book. She took a, a she spliced DNA from an actual Cheetah because she wanted to have super, uh, she wanted to have Wonder Woman's powers to be like her. And so yeah. whatever happened, the DNA of the cheetah t- overtook the scientist's lady, and that's how she became the cheetah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked that. I would have liked to act that. I don't know why they had to do the wish thing. I, I, don't know, it, I don't know why they had to do the wish thing. Again, they went the Superman 3 route. Hmm. Another thing is that how, how does a guy from World War One that only knows fighter planes from World War One jump yes. into a modern eighties jet. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I know how to how fly to this. That? Like holy cow, I even I that that was one of those things where I was like, Well that's just stupid and dumb. Like and just apparently- because he's a pilot that has a passion for flying doesn't mean he knows how to fucking operate a jet that right. goes with zero G's. I'll flip a couple of switches and then all of a sudden I know how to fly a jet. And apparently one woman is a Jedi. Oh my god. Remember she turned well, the, the she jet invisible? Things. She could turn the jet invisible. Remember? I, I was like, that, oh, I mean, for, come on. Uh, hey, uh, uh, it's, as, it's as if the, if the writers have been, were kind of like saying, hey, how, how, do, how does Wonder Woman make her, ve- her jet invisible? Well, she casts a spell. She's a god. Okay, oh. well, let's just go ahead and just do that instead. <laughs> she's a warrior. I don't know if she's a god. She's a warrior princess. But it's like, oh, come on, man. Really? You're going this route? Now, what did Deadpool call it? Well, that's just lazy writing. That's what that's this just movie lazy was. writing. That was, they were just making Actually, this up as they go along. It was lazy writing. What, what's also funny is that the entire movie goes halfway through 
And you, you see all of this 1984 shit all over the entire movie. The way that people dress, the way the cars are, the background, the mall. And then when they are flying on the jet and they see that there are fireworks, they go, oh, that's right. It's the 4th of July. There was never indication that the movie was going to set up the 4th of July other than the fireworks. They just said, hey, wouldn't it be great if the jet flies through some fireworks? Well, how yes. do we explain that? Let's just say that it's the 4th of July. Yeah, okay, let's do that. And that's what they did. Yeah, like I said, make it up, write it up as they go along. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, for $100 million that they had on the budget on just catering alone in this movie, they could have, <laughs> asked, the, they could have asked the guy that was serving the broccoli, hey, what would you, how would you do this? Like, well, let me check the comic books and see if there's an actual way to explain that without making it seem like lazy writing. You know, I did like Pedro's Pascal relationship with his son. You know, I thought that was a, a tender, those are tender moments there. A guy who, he wanted to be a hero to his kid, you know, and... And it was embarrassing, you know, when that guy was in his office and said, you're a crook or, or you're a con man. He said in front of his son. And now he has to prove his yeah. son that he's not that type. But it was that whole, you know, it was Cat Stevens song, Cat in the Cradle thing, you know. It was, he was more obsessed with being <laughs> famous, you know, than his son just wanted his dad there. Uh, you know, it. It would have it would have been fantastic if uh, because I I mean remember that everybody had to renounce their 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 wishes, and then suddenly the whole world goes back to normal. But you still had the destruction, right? So yeah. I almost felt like the only way you could have actually saved this movie is if there was a lot of destruction, which there was, but then not live with the after effects. Everybody would have renounced their wishes, especially. Him, the character that Pascal, uh, Pedro Pascal plays, and then the whole world goes to normal. But the only people that actually feel the difference is Wonder Woman and let's say him. And mm -hmm. that's a moment where Gail Godot, as an actress, could have just broken down and started to cry as Wonder Woman because she realizes, hey, I got to save the world, but fuck it, I have lost the man I love. And right. then she would have yeah. had a nice, great breaking moment. Yeah, he, uh, like I said, I'm not a fan of her act, and she really can't act. And I know one could say, well, neither can Keanu Reeves, but yeah, but Keanu Reeves is at least entertaining. Substance, you know yeah. I mean? He has substance. He doesn't have it, range, but at least he has substance, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Is she, I don't know. I just, I, I never really cared for her as Wonder Woman. She just never really fit the role, other than she's tall and nice to look at, but. You need a strong supporting cast for her, but you guys continue. Actually, can I ask you a question? So another uh, thing is that okay, <clears throat> go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so back to the CGI fight. Um, so Wonder Woman's fighting Catwoman, and um, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, re re renounce your sins," and she's like, "Never." And so she's like, "Well, sorry, I'm going to electrocute you in this lake," and she and she allows her to die. <laughs> by being electrocuted, but uh -huh. then, but then she just she 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 pulls her out of the to the water and she's like she throws her down, and then at the end of the movie we see Kristen Wiig in her like natural form looking at the camera and like wait didn't she fucking die yeah what did she Why electrocuted she me <laughs> like literally you were electrocuted you were electrocuted by you know live wires I mean people in India get electrocuted every day you can see it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a uh, mess. What I did, uh, what I did like, the only I think the only scene between Steve Trevor and Diana that I liked was when she learned to fly. 
where she can loop her uh, lasso around a cloud right. or whatever. Or something. Hey, did she did she fly in the Justice League? No, she did not. Can you believe that? So what the fuck? She didn't fly that. Like in the future, she just well, forgot how to I fly. I think the only they were they re- yeah clue we had to her flying was remember when Batman was about to be killed by the abomination, whatever the um, uh, what's uh, what's it? Doomsday. Thank you. And then she jumps out. Of, she comes in from the sky, just jumps down out of nowhere. I think. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't there a scene in Justice League where she's like? She lost her sword or something, and she jumps down to get it. But then the Flash has to run over and like poke it, and then just so that it goes in her direction, so she can grab it. Remember yes. that? Yes, yes. She's like that. falling. How, why the fuck didn't she just fly and get oh. it? <laughs> remember, yeah. I think that they didn't. They didn't write anything uh, like a long time ago that makes sense now. Because also think about it. If she's been around since 1984 as Diana Prince, how is she around uh, 40 years later as Diana Prince and still look the same without anybody saying, hey, why aren't you getting old? And and furthermore, why didn't they teach her this when she was at Themyscira? Oh, by the way, you can fly and here's how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) How did they not know in the land she grew up that she can fly? This is information I could be using. Does that yes. mean all of us can yes. fly? Oh, for God's sakes, man. Uh, what else didn't I like about this movie? I, I, oh, I would say this. Like 20 minutes into this movie, I wanted to check out. But I, I think... I, yes, me yeah. too. But I was like, I got to watch this for our podcast. So fine, let's, let's, let's keep this root canal going of a movie. Actually, I believe that that's something <laughs> I, that I started... people should be honest about. People should say, after a while, I really wanted to just uh, leave the theater or go to the kitchen or turn the movie off. Completely <laughs> because if, it, if the movie, I, I started looking at my phone. Yeah. What, what was, was that, that Mike? Mike? I started looking at my phone. You started like, looking yeah, at your what's phone. What's going on? You, Facebook. you weren't interested in the movie, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> You know, here's, oh, here's the other thing. All right, if I if I can actually point this out, Wonder Woman or even Gail Godot as uh, as Diana Prince never ever came across as interesting and or sexy. I didn't care about her at all. How did you guys care about Kristen Wiig playing the part of Cheetah at all, or did she just play off the comedic personality that she is? Did she play? A part, or did she just play herself as Kristen Wiig? I think everybody played Chris like Kristen Wiig, from Chris Pine mm. to uh, 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 the Mandalorian guy. Yeah. yeah, I thought all of them played it like, and to even one of them, all of them played it like this was a comedy, like an '84 can't be comedy, like an '18. Wow, Superman three, and and they were just that is interesting. Kristen I never Wiig. thought about that, but you're right. Yes, you're absolutely right. Holy cow! Yeah. Even Pedro, yeah, sorry, Pedro Pascal even played, even hammed it up over the top. And thinking, dude, you, and to Chris Pine, and how's this? Can I wear this? And how about that? It's like, what is this? What the hell are we? What's this fashion show BS? Uh, even him tried to be comedic, and her. I was like, oh man, it's like, can you pick? Path. Are we going to make this? Are you going to take this seriously, One Woman Aquaman? Are you just going to keep effing around with it and then wondering why uh, Marvel keep, and Disney keep kicking your ass? God damn it! What about you, Mike? Did, what, what did you think of Kristen Wiig playing Kristen Wiig? 
first of all, I, I just kept thinking about Ghostbusters, the new one. Um, oh, yeah. Now, the, the, I like Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I like her in uh, the Bridesmaid movie. Um, I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the first part, the first act of the movie, I, I don't, I didn't like her, <clears throat> her character at all. First of all, when, when somebody is attractive in real life, if somebody is hot, no matter how much you try to ugly them up, people always think they're hot and nobody's going to be like ignoring them when they walk into work. Like she walks into work and, and people aren't like she trips and her bag opens up stupidly and all her papers fall out and everybody just walks by. That doesn't yeah. happen. In yeah, real life, that, yeah. that chick, that chick, all the guys would have been down there helping her. Because even if it was somebody that was not as attractive as Kristen Wiig would be there helping her because they don't care what you look like. In real life, nobody cares how hot they are. They just want to fuck something. <laughs> so, like, guys... <laughs> Yeah, the, in like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they like, men, the men look like dicks even, in 1984. I was like, geez, were we that no, dickish in 1984? No, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> like, they ignored her at that work. completely. Yeah, I was like, it wasn't until she got her hair done and wore heels. They were like, oh, hey, hey. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> That's such well, bullshit. Well, hang on, hang on. Not only that, but do you remember the scene? She's at the, she's at the gym. Oh and she suddenly my realizes God. that she's oh. that she's so strong that she could lift like five hundred, six hundred oh. pounds. And she drops she drops the the weights. And then here's the thing. Right behind her are all of these like Arnold Schwarzenegger motherfucker looking guys who are like amazed and they're <laughs> That's like awfully descriptive. But, but they are but they are but they are literally the stereotypical gym guys from anybody who wants to set up the scene of a nineteen eighty four gym. No, they were never like that. There were a few, but they were never all there in the same room at the same time together. There was probably just one, and then the rest of the people around there were out of shape. But no, this one has got like eight guys do, look, doing the reacting to that scene. Yeah. So in answer to your question, do I like... I didn't like Kristen Wiig's character to begin with. I didn't find it believable. Nobody would have treated that person that way in any time and then when and i think that's something about the 80s like in a lot of 80s movies you have um uh, she's kind of half ugly but she because she her dying her her big wish is to be popular like molly (laughs) ringwald just wants to be popular and so like oh that's her big wish is to fucking be popular it, it was kind of insulting. It it felt a little, like you say, campy, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or like it, they, like they it, wanted to make a nineteen eighties movie. Yeah, especially if, the, if her lifting little... the weights over her head. I was like, oh come on! I, but I don't know why I was so pissed off. I think this is the theme of the movie. I don't know why I was so irritated by each and every single scene like that. Uh. Yeah. So did I did I like Kristen Wiig? I liked her transformation, like when she became confident. Mm-hmm. But then when she became like the that chick from Cats, like it just it didn't make any sense. It was almost 
like a dream sequence. Like she became a cat. Like I don't care if like it ties into the comics. As an okay, look, as an audience member, and this happened in the Last Jedi too. And no offense, Art, but just bear bear with me for a minute. In the Last Jedi, a lot of shit happened where the audience had to come in and say, "Well, that happened because probably blah blah blah." Like if you had a, a, a like, let's say I made a movie about vampires, and I was like, "Okay, here are the rules." In in uh, this movie, vampires can't go out into the sunlight because they'll die. In this movie, vampires have to uh, eat, have to have to drink blood to live. That's the only thing that would nourish them, right? It, I set the rules. And then in the middle of the movie, I have my main character, who is a vampire, walk out in the middle of the day and he doesn't die. That should piss you off because I, I set that rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like as an audience as an audience member, if I were to say, well, he was wearing sunglasses, so probably if you wear sunglasses, you can live in the day. I'm Now I'm giving the audience the, the task of setting the rules for yep. me. And you shouldn't, as a filmmaker, you can't do right. that. And I, and this movie does that. It's like, well, you know, in this movie, she just becomes a fucking cat. Yeah. Like, no, you got to give me some backstory to this. So like the audience is like, well, it's ch- fucking cheetah. And she's that's because that's, she's got to be a cheetah. Like, actually, I didn't know that. I don't know anything about DC. So actually, like, can you I, can't can I, write the script from a... Can I bring up a pretty good yeah, point go then? All right, so here's something. Remember that the the whole thing about this movie was that you saw Wonder Woman wearing this like gold armor, correct? And she has this gold armor in her apartment. Even Steve uh, asks, "What is that?" And she goes, "That's the armor of this uh, great god from my land, who uh, held off these uh, other uh, this army so that the rest of us could escape." You know, they, they tell the story. And then you see her wearing that armor. She's got the wings, and they're made out of gold, and they wrap around her. That just happened to fit, by the way. I'm sorry? That just happened to fit, by the way. Oh, yeah, it fits her perfectly, yes. Yeah, but the point is this, okay? Yeah. So she's she's wearing this because she has to go to and, 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 and breach the U.S. Army in that island that has the communication center where Max Lord is uh, transmitting the wishes to all these people. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel like, yeah, you didn't really need the armor. You could have done that without the armor. You, you, you literally just wrote, we have to put her in this armor. Well, then we have to give her a really more powerful person to fight instead of Cheetah and the U.S. Army. Uh, you, you know, let's have them fight her with that. Let's have them fight with her anyway. It's like you didn't need the armor. You know, it was just written in. You know, I think that was a studio or the choice. That way we can sell toys. Now we can sell the one yes. with the gold. That's what that move was. That's exactly what that was. That's exactly what that was. It was perp- It was pointless is what the yeah, point was. It was merchandising. Pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you wanted to explain the reason why Linda Carter finally has a uh, – a uh, a cameo in the movie. Did you see the after scene? So was that CGI Linda Cutter? Or was that actually what she looks like now? Well, oh, you only see her with the eyes. You see her eyes when they kind of describe the uh, 
you know, remember they even he, she even puts the lasso yeah, but, on. Yeah, but did, did, did they did, did did they Mandalorian Mark Hamill her or was that is that what she looks like now? Oh, oh no, that's the way she looks like now. Believe it or not, yeah, she yeah. she's she looks actually that she's, good. She doesn't age. No. Yeah, she's aged that's well. That's the reason why I she she, she yeah. looks she, she aged extremely oh, yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? I'd, I'd date her and have her home by seven thirty, at her age. <laughs> hey, but my good, she was going <laughs> back to what you said about you know, continuity or, or changing things up. Like so, in Justice League, remember when Aquaman went to the sea and there was that giant air bubble around him so he can talk, and then people were like, "Hey, yeah. what the hell? He th- he lives under the sea." Like, okay, we'll fix that. And then in Aquaman, they got rid of that bubble, I'm thinking, "Okay, is it bubble or no bubble?" This means you guys are not. Are you clearly not doing your homework on these characters and their world? You're just <laughs> pumping the shit out there, and so you can make bank. That's what Wonder Woman was, like the gold armor art, anything, the Jedi powers of making her jet invisible. Like, get out! Enough. Stop with the merchandising. I'm surprised you guys heard the dialogue over that damn music. The music has now become the laugh track. I found, and they laugh track that music, aka. All through that movie. To give you emotion. Okay, hey everybody, now play the tune up. So everybody knows this is an exciting scene. Like, okay, now tone it down because it's a lot of like, stop! Okay. I don't yeah, need okay. the laugh track Hold music. On. So with, with that, that being said, um, I bought the, um, the original Star Wars soundtrack back when it, all we had was records. You know? And so in in the record sleeves, sometimes there were like photographs or galleries of whatever. And one of the things that was in there was like a, a thing George Lucas wrote mm-hmm. to John Williams. And he said something that I'm paraphrasing was like, thank you for pu- putting the music in there. You told the audience, like I couldn't have, I couldn't have done this without you. You told the audience when to laugh, when to cry, when to be scared. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of the mm-hmm. music. So, like, I, I do respect the, uh, the the composer of films where they, their their role is as important mm-hmm. as the direction and the uh, the composition of the of the the framing of the of, of the choreography. Like the, their their role is really important. I mean, I I didn't really notice so much the music um, mishaps in this film, mm-hmm. but I, I appreciate that you guys did. And um, I, 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 I don't, I mean, it, it's got to tell you, it, it helps you as an audience member to know when to feel. But it needs to be strategically I think placed, it, though, surgically placed, that is. Yes, yeah. yes. And this movie was, it, it did so, did not do that. Or maybe the score didn't go with this movie. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really... I, I guess that's one of the things I didn't really pay attention mm. to. But maybe you're right. I, I didn't really... I, I didn't notice. There was a... Hey, speaking of John Williams, you know, there was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Marge went to, uh, to a concert uh, hosted by John Williams, conducted by John Williams. And then at the end of the Star Wars game, he plays Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And Homer goes, that's it. And um, uh, I forgot what Dr. Hibbert said, but they were reading into that joke. Homer was saying that John Williams has nothing original about him, that he is a copycat 
of all other songs, and that Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is an example of him copying. Now, one could say you're reading too much into that, but that's they're saying the writers are saying, yeah, that's what we were trying to say there, or were we? What do you think? Is John Williams a hack? No, John Williams is not a hack. I think that yeah. he's created incredible work. But the thing about it is that, uh, well, here's the thing: uh, he's he 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 makes music that everybody that everybody uh, listens to, and everybody loves. But the thing is that after a while, it's like every other music composer making an action movie or making a space movie tries to copy John Williams to the point where people who get tired of people, I mean, people who get tired of other composers copying John Williams get tired of that and get tired of John Williams themselves. So it's an unfair thing that happens to John Williams because they just listen to copy after copy of other people trying to copy him. Or listening to the same... It's like listening to Mariah Carey singing the same song over oh, and over again. Oh, oh God. Uh, or was it they saying that his John Williams writing is so simple, it's, it might as well be Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star because there's no really no imagination to those few notes. No, I don't believe that at all. Right. But that's, that's, that's the way that they want to just criticize him. Yeah, I think the I, probably the writer's way of taking a jab at John Williams for some reason. I don't know. They, I love this music. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people who do, but unfortunately, the writers had an opportunity to criticize him, and they used that as a criticism. Hmm. Uh, so overall, I give One Woman out of fucking. I say four stars. Do the four. Eighty-four. Stars. Oh, thank you, thank you. Out of uh, eighty-four, I give it a thirty-six. <laughs> I give it thirty-six out of wow. eighty-four. Out of 84. Wow, okay. All right, well, then, if, if we're going to do 1984, uh, uh, I would give, uh, well, 84 being the top, I would give uh, Wonder Woman a 20. And not only that, whoa. but I would, say, wow. I would say that if people if people wanted to get into Wonder Woman as a singular movie, watch the original, watch the original Wonder Woman, and skip Wonder Woman 84. I agree. Or and watch the Kathy Lee Crosby uh, nineteen seventy three version with Ricardo Montalban. That was yeah, and my first boner one for of a girl. Go on, Mike, your rating. Uh, I give it like a forty. Wow! Maybe. Wow! Very generous mm. of you. Very generous. Would you recommend it? No. Uh, Art? No, I wouldn't recommend it. Nah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't either. In, in fact, in fact, I, I, I really, I really hate the fact that it's, it was a big letdown because I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Yeah. I thought, in fact, what, one of my favorite moments of uh, the movie Batman versus Superman is that moment when she makes her the, appearance when oh, the camera yeah. comes back and you see her. Like that was like a really kick-ass moment. And the music and it, was it, good, you know, great. Yeah. It sure was. It, yeah. it was really great, and it suited her. That music, it did. It was like it sure a did. badass music, like you know. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Yeah. Did you know, by the way, that Wonder Woman is the greatest uh, fighter slash warrior in DC? Number one. Oh, I, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, Batman's you number know, ten or fact, eleven. In fact, here's something. There was like a comic book series called, uh, uh, I think it was called Justice League New Age. 
Uh-huh. And in that one, Wonder Woman was taller than Superman. And yep. the artist uh, said, well, that's because Wonder Woman is an Amazon. Of course she's going to be taller and bigger than Superman. She's, mm. she's, she's you know, a product of the Amazonians. Mm. And, of course, that was never, you know, she's shorter than Superman and Batman in these movies. What's the tallest you'll date, Art? Or maybe, maybe it's because mm. uh, she's wearing... Heels? Fucking heels. <laughs> like, why, why, why do super fucking heroes wear heels? There's no reason for In it. In Pornhub, there is. <laughs> Oh, so by the way, you know that there what? is a what? there is a movie where uh, what's her name? Um, where uh, Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, I think it was 1974. She did a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but she's naked in that movie. Like you see tits and all, man. I know. Can you believe that? <laughs> Isn't she Mexican? Uh, she's uh, something Mexican. Let me see real quick. Go something Mexican. I'll find out. Something Mexican. <laughs> I had some cannabis candy, fifty uh, milligrams of uh, cannabis. Yeah, candy. we got to we got to get together after the pandemic, and I really want to get high with you guys. I really truly want to get high. You want to get high with a little help from some edibles? That's exactly what I want to do. Okay, believe it or not, here she is. Okay, so believe Carter it or was not. born in Phoenix. She was the I daughter of Juanita and Colby Carter. Her father is English and Scots Irish ancestry, but uh-huh. her mother. Is a family hail from Mexican as Mexican, Spanish, and French descent. So she Whoa. is from Mexican. Mexican. Yeah, cool. Good for her. She had Mexicans. That explains her. That must explain her 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 girlish figure in the nineteen seventies. Remember her? I remember her in uh, Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah, she wore that see-through outfit. All of the girls were given see-through bathing suits. You can catch uh, <laughs> footage of them on YouTube. Man, goddamn. <laughs> The one thing that's Art's takeaway. Yeah, away. he has a he has a mutant talent art when it comes to this. He can cite every boob scene in any movie or TV show in the year. <laughs> you know, a, you know who could have you? you you know who could have if they had been able to have the technology and made a Wonder Woman movie in the nineteen nineteen seventies or early eighties. You know who probably would have been great to play Cheetah. Who. Jamie Lee Curtis. Here we go. A, a young Jamie Lee Curtis could have played Cheetah. Hmm. Maybe. Okay, you say maybe. That's a yes. I see her more so as a poison ivy. To you guys. <laughs> Always a pleasure, my uh, friend. Always a pleasure. Right. Mike, uh, so uh, have a very good night, guys. Great uh, talking right. to you guys again. Uh, it's a pleasure seeing you, talking to you guys, and maybe who knows next time we'll get together. But no, we're going to do another podcast. We'll find another show to either praise or criticize uh, something. Oh, that, actually, you know. if I, if I can recommend a movie for you guys to watch, you you'll like this movie. It's called uh, The Midnight Sky with uh, George Clooney. Uh-huh. It's on Netflix now. Midnight I watched Sky. it last night. Yeah, you will like it. You guys will like it a lot. All right, I'll give it a whirl. Maybe that maybe perhaps that might be our next podcast episode. We'll see. All right, guys. Oh, I need to finish watching the boys. I haven't watched the last two episodes, so I'll do that uh, tonight as well or tomorrow. Okay, cool. All right, Mike, guys. All right, Mike. Have a good evening, Mike. All right, thanks, thanks, guys. listeners. See you all later. Love you guys. Okay. Good night.